Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey on News Talk 1590 KVTA. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. Now, Joe, get out of here. If I was such an idiot, why would these people be tuning in and listening to this show every week? I think you've got something there, and I'll wait outside until you clean it up. All right, all right, all right. Hey, welcome, Ventura. Good morning. Saturday morning, Straight Talk Wealth Radio every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. here. Hey, um, we are continuing today with a very, very, this is a new version. I know we've been running some repeats for a while. I'm very busy. Actually, my first and foremost attention is always on my clients in our uh, financial services and retirement planning business. But, 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 but these, these stories are very, very important to get out to you. Today, we are taking up uh, episode two of has risk left the market. And this is a buildup for an event coming up. I want to talk about this event in a little bit, but uh, we'll get into the topic here in a minute. Uh, we're doing the story today on uh, the event. It's a lead up to our event 2016, the year of crisis or recovery has risk left the market. Now I get more into the event a little bit because the reason we hold these events is you cannot get a full educational value on a one hour radio show. We're going to go deep into it, but let's talk about what we're going to cover today. And then I will go more into what the event is in a little bit. So what we're going to cover today is where were we in January? What were the big stories? The market fell off. You know, I mean, those of us who, who think about these things and look at these things that are concerned about, are we at a top, uh, has money printing and, and the, and all the central banks pushing money into economies. Uh, is there going to be an end day where that doesn't work anymore or we can't continue to do it or when it slows down, will things finally fall apart? So January appeared to be a turnings point. It, it seemed like the market fell off 10% in a month. And then it just all went away. It was just a bad dream, it looked like. So what were the big stories there? They were China, they were oil, and was the Fed out of bullets and ammunition to turn them around? On that, Mark, we're going to hear from Mohamed El-Aryan. Uh, he is the chief economic advisor to Allianz. Allianz is a massive financial services company in Europe and in America. Uh, he has written a great book called uh, The Only Game in Town. It is about the fact that central banks are making markets and they can't continue to do so. And so we're going to hear from him on the show today. We're going to look at, is there in fact a bubble? So we're also going to listen to uh, a clip by Carl Icahn on Neil Cavuto's show on Fox Business. And Carl Icahn is a, a massive, you know, uh, market maker. I don't know what he was worth. We covered this sometime. I, I think he's worth some tens of billions of dollars. Uh, and um, he talks very candidly about what he sees the problem is now backing down on all the money printing. There's uh, another story that we will also cover. So we're going to hear from Carl Icahn today. We're also going to hear from uh, John Truman Wolf. He's been on the show lately because part of this story is also the banking system. The thing to know is, you know, yes, there's malinvestment in the world and oil goes up and oil goes down and, and all of these things that happen. We don't have to fear that the world's coming to an end, but where they go systemic, 
where they really take down the globe is when the whole banking system gets involved in it. We're going to talk about that today uh, and and to take a look back on our clip with John Truman Wolf, a former banker who took a look at his own industry and wrote the book called The Coming Financial Crisis, A Look Behind the Wizard's Curtain. And in there, we're going to hear where is the liability in the banking system and uh, where is it going to blow? Now, along that line, we're also going to hear from Senator Elizabeth Warren on an interview she did on the Charlie Rose show where she concurs. The banking system is at tremendous risk of pulling us into the next financial crisis. So we're going to look at the global situations where the bubbles are. Are there bubbles? And of course, as always, we're going to turn to our friend, Harry S. Dent, uh, my pal, who is a, uh, a, uh, author, best-selling author and just a, a wonderful economist of his own, really cutting edge about, um, demographics and how demographics are the organic driving force behind the growth or contraction economies. We're going to talk about with Harry today about uh, how bad could this get from a, ch- uh, a recent bulletin he wrote called There Will Be Blood in the Streets. I guess I gave it away, huh? But we'll go into detail on it. And um, we will kind of, we'll see if we get to a clip on how to survive through it all that I discussed with Harry. Anybody else here? We've got... John Truman Wolf, we've got Elizabeth Warren, we got Mohammed El Arian, and we got Carl Icahn. All right, now, all of this is leading up to the event at the River Ridge Golf Club on uh, June 25th. That's a Saturday from 10 in the morning till 3 p.m. We feed you lunch. And th- there's a funny thing I got to tell you about this. Uh, I've learned something. And, you know, I'm a what you see, what you get guy. Like, I don't need to put up, you know, how there's a 100 people coming to the event. You know, it's like this is a local station. I'm a local guy. I work a good integrity built financial service field here in Ventura. I'm not trying to be all over the country. I, I once had this show uh, syndicated in 10 cities and I got tired of having sponsors tell me what to do and how to mold the show. And I chucked it away to come back to work in small town USA here in Ventura and, and building up a local following. So I'm what you see is what you get. Guy. And I got to tell you something. I I've seen something on the reservations for this event that I haven't seen before in the past. Most of the people, People that called in in the last few weeks to get a $25 ticket on this. Now, the tickets were $35. It's an all-day event. It's a very informed briefing on demographics, how they power up and power down economies. What are the things that uh, governments and central banks can predictably do when economy shrinks that makes bubbles worse? What are the triggers to the next bubble and where's the light at the end of the tunnel and we go into everything from you know the force of governments trying to apply Keynesian economics to the market forces in Austrian economics so that's important to understand because the government has a theory and it is yet still a theory that you can just pour money at a downturn and it will turn around that's an interesting concept. What if you have less population? What if the population's aging and there's less demand for things? If we just pour money into it, that'll work. So we've got a couple real good basics here to understand where is there a bubble and how do governments make it worse before it gets better and when does it get better? So all of that is in the workshop. Everybody loves these workshops. We feed you lunch at it. It is usually 10 to 2 and it is – listen – You know, if you don't have a lot of assets, you don't need to worry about this. Just keep your job. But if you've got really 
substantial assets build up for retirement. And you're wondering where these assets are going to be a year from now or two years from now. It is worth the time to come in and get an informative, informative educational event to get your wits wrapped around where are the global risks? Has risk left the market? Are we, is 2016 a year that is the path to prosperity or the path to the Dow down to 7,000? Where are we going? And so if you have a lot of assets, you're the ones that are at risk. People that don't have a lot of assets, listen, guys, don't sweat it. Just get your job. Be creative. You know, call Uber. Do the things you have to do to be an entrepreneur. But it's the people that have saved assets and they're sitting ducks on the value of assets over which they have very little control that are going to be in deep, deep, deep doo-doo if, if the things turn around, if the, if the trends turn around in terms of asset growth and this bubble finally bursts. So... Here's what I discovered. Most of the people calling in have already been to our events before. I love it. It's a following. They love to come back. You're going to meet all of our regulars. They're beautiful people. They're smart people. They're informed people in this area and they're concerned. And they don't come to this for a free lunch. They can go to the free steak dinners for that. They pay to come to this. But the new guys weren't quite as abundant as some of the uh, guys that are returning. So I have a theory. One is maybe we went a little too high in the price. It was $25. It was a $35 ticket. I gave you $10 off in the last few weeks. I'm going to drop it another five this week for new people. If you are new and you have not been to our event, the tickets for this are $30. It cost me at least $30 per head to hold the event. If you call this number during the show today, we'll discount you $10 more. Um, and this is new and old people. I, don't, I certainly don't want to turn away the old people. The uh, guys who have returned that we did tickets for during the week, I made the decision and we, we kept their tickets at $20. We didn't charge them $25. You can get a $20 ticket only if you call during the show. The number is 888-882-5578. 888 um, you can learn more about the event at the financiallearninglounge.com. That's financiallearninglounge.com. You can learn all about the event. However, it's $30 if you go to the website. If you call during the show and get a reservation, and you can still go to the website later, but if you call during the show so we know you're logged in and you're coming, uh, we'll knock that down to $20 per ticket. The number's 888 And by the way, I think I said this last week, if anybody's coming extra in your party, so if there's more than one person in your party, the tickets are $15 for them. So $20 for the first ticket, $15 for all the extra tickets in your party, 888 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. I did this because all the returning people were happy to, those guys, I know I've heard their comments. They're happy to spend 25, 35, $40. They don't care. They will come back. But I think some of the new people got discouraged. So I want to encourage you, but you've got to call during the show. This won't last forever. You can pay more money and go pay $30. If you go to the financial and you can learn all about the event. You can watch a video there and I'm going to play a real quick clip here of uh, one of the earlier events we did on this and I'll play some other clips, but I want you to hear what some people said as they were coming out of the event uh, recently. 
my wife and I have been to approximately six seminars in the last two months, all financial based that have been advertised on the radio and so forth. And um, we found this one really to be more open to a variety of investments, not just a sales pitch, and uh, a lot more informative, I mean, as far as what we really need to do. And, and it's, I think it's going to get us you know, on the right track. Learned that the equity side of things can be protected a lot more. The uh, mini education in economics and demographics was very valuable to, I think, our decision making. Just to see where where the population is going and what what's going to be important to the baby boomers and how the economy has depended on us so much. And as we wind down, it, it's, the economy has to go with it. Alternative source of investments is what was interesting and learning about the cycles in the market. Sell the real estate. That really stuck to me, sell the real estate, use that cash for something else. I think what I found more positive was being able to look at our own situation and gauge it to where we want to be. So to look at the goals and to see how we can reach the goals. That was the most optimistic part of the seminar. During the worksheet. I thought it was great. It was very informative. Um, I heard things at this event because I have been to other events that I hadn't heard before. And I particularly liked the beginning where you showed how everything is changing. But then again, there are some things that are the same with the flow of how things go. Put a little fear into me with, you know, what's going on with the stock market. But it also showed me how there are ways that with with the holdings that I have now that I can protect them and actually see them grow in a safe way. It wasn't a sales pitch. It was more information that, that it gave me to make a decision to make a change. You know, and not just give me this and I can do this for you. You know, it was more the information, and that's that's really what I came for, was to get the information. As a lecture, it was great. Very concise. Learned a lot with with the flow of how he went through things. It, it was great. Easy to understand. So, yes, I, I definitely come to another one. So, very good. Very good. And I love listening to him on Sunday morning. <laughs> Yes, well, we used to be on Sunday mornings. Now we're on Saturday. This is uh, the workshop that we did previously that was the precursor of 2016, the year of crisis or recovering since January has risk left the market. Now, there's going to be this Saturday, the 25th of June from 10 a.m. to probably 2 p.m., but we booked the room till 3. The tickets are $30 until the 18th of June, but if you call right now, we'll discount your tickets $10 for the first tickets. That's $20 and then 15 for everyone else in your party. The number is 888 888-882-5578. You got to call during the show. 888-882-5578. The week of the event 
that after the 18th of June, the tickets will go to $40 and they probably will not be discounted. So um, this is an authoritative workshop to examine the causes and the inevitable outcomes of global risk to baby boomers that are re- either retired now or retiring in the next 10 years. Where are the risks to our global investment markets today? How long can central banks and a strong American economy keep these things at bay here at home? How can investors and retirees best survive and thrive during the next 10 years while these global investment markets will reset? We're going to have a special segment on the great gold bust ahead. I'm going to talk about why gold will not be a safe haven, why the next crash will be deflationary and will make gold the wrong thing to hold, and why Harry Dent says gold's going down to $700 an ounce by the end of 2017. So we'll give you the evidence. Again, number 888 I thought you might want to hear those people talking about it. 888 Okay, as I said at the beginning of the show, I want to talk, I want to actually go into right now, Mohammed El-Aryan. The concepts on this show today is we're going to talk about where we were in January, what were the big stories, so we can kind of look at where those stories went. El-Aryan's going to talk about that. He's also going to say that, that there's a much bigger thing going on that we haven't strengthened the weaknesses. So you hear him talk about that, which he was saying back in January. Well, I don't know, Mohammed, you know, it all went away. It looks like it was just a bad dream. I think everything's just fine now. We'll hear from Carl Icahn in a little bit. We'll hear from John Truman Wolf about the weakness in the banking system, along with Elizabeth Warren. And we'll finish with Harry Dent talking about where this is all going and how not bad or bad will it be. But let's get into the uh, clips here with Mohammed Ari and let's go back to last January and take a look at where were we back then. Now, this is Mohamed Al-Aryan. He is, again, chief economic advisor to the Allianz company, huge financial service company. This is a short blurb he put out on, on Facebook right in the middle of the, of the volatility we had in January. Hi there. Look at any business section this morning and we'll tell you how crazy yesterday was. Not only the Dow going all over the place, including moving over 200 points in 10 minutes, almost no news. You had European banks at three decade lows. You had oil at 12 years low. Most of what you read is going to try and give very specific explanations to each of these things. But I think that's wrong. I think there's a much bigger thing going on. And it's what I talk about in my book, The Only Game in Town. We are coming to the end of a road. A road in which central banks have been able to repress volatility. They're no longer able to do so, and now we have to pay it back. So keep your seatbelts on. Financial markets are going to be incredibly volatile. And I hope to be able to share with you insights as to what's going on and hear from you as to what you think. Thank you very much. All right, now I'm going to cut to another clip where he is on CNBC and he's talking about what the issues were underneath the volatility that he feels are coming unsprung. Are we at a near-term bottom right now? Here to help figure this all out, Mohamed Alarian, our friend, the chief economic advisor at Allianz. Good to see you, Mohamed. Welcome back. Thank you, Bill. Amidst all of this volatility in the market, uh, this morning, as you know, Cleveland Fed Bank President Loretta Mester said that she felt the economy itself was strong enough to withstand a series of interest rate increases this year. Do you agree with her? So I agree that the economy is doing relatively well. Not great, but relatively well. And I also agree that it hasn't been as yet contaminated by all the financial volatility we've seen. So I think the market has gone a little bit too far in pricing the Fed out of the equation. I think the Fed is watching all this, and it will still be inclined to hike this year, 
unless the financial volatility contaminates the real economy. You know, there, we were uh, just reading, Mohammed about some hedge funds who are pleased that we finally seen volatility because they've been betting on it for years, losing money, and now that strategy's finally worked. Um, but your point here is that this storm that we're passing through in terms of this volatility may be passing now, that things could get quieter again, or no? I wish I could say this, and it's great to have a week like this week. We needed it. Not only the strongest weekly gain since November, but as Bill said, and as Matt just said, we've consolidated these gains. But fundamentally, we haven't addressed the three things that have come together to form this perfect storm for the markets this year. The global economy continues to weaken. We continue to have concerns about the effectiveness of central banks. And there isn't much patient capital around. We've lost the sovereign wealth funds as a stabilizer. So unfortunately, Kelly, as much as I would like to say the volatility is behind us, I expect that the volatility will return in the weeks ahead. You know, you add to that the slowdown in China... The decline in oil, uh, in part because of the slowdown in China, uh, and you could argue that the volatility in our markets is not because of what's going on here, but what's going on overseas. So what's the Fed to do about that? If we've got a decent economy here, do they pay more attention to that or what's going on in the markets? And that's the big dilemma. So the inflation number today, 0.3% increase in core. That actually speaks to the Fed wishing to continue to normalize, as does the labor market. So if the, US, if the Fed was making a decision based on the U.S. as a standalone, it would continue to normalize very carefully and very slowly. But the U.S. is facing two headwinds, the weakling global economy and financial volatility. So that's why the Fed is, t- is facing this very, very complicated equation. Right. Do you, I just got to ask before we let you go, Mohammed. do you support this whole cashless thing? You know, get rid of the $100 bill. I didn't realize that as late as like the 60s, they, they made a $10,000 note that it is apparently still legal tender. Yeah, you know, that's where we're heading for two reasons. One is because of concerns about who misuses the high denomination. Europe just took out its 500 euro bill. And secondly, we're going to a society that relies less on cash. So that's where we're going to head. How quickly we get there, I don't know, Kelly. But whether I support it or not, I think that's where we're heading. Okay, well, um, we're going to get back to this story about cashless society. Very interesting. And uh, we covered some of this with John Truman Wolf, and I'm going to get into that interview in a little bit about the banks. But I wanted you to hear what he's talking about. So our three big factors here have been China, the China bubble. We've been talking about it for a long time. Well, is it gone away? Can I mean, you, the thing is you have these China and oil were two big factors. These are global stories. The U.S. Federal Reserve can do so much, but they can't do a stinking thing if China starts running blood in the streets. And I'll give you some stats on China, and at the workshop, we're going to get into it in detail. You're going to see a lot of stats on China. But China has 64 million uninhabited apartments. How many is that? We have 300 million individual people living in the United States. They have 64 million uninhabited apartments. On average, they were bought for $100,000 a piece by the Chinese middle class that had worked and made money in the new China and put their money somewhere and they put it into a bubble. And when that disappears and and bursts, there's going to be some interesting phenomenons happening in China. Phenomenon is actually... Uh, singular. So it'll be interesting phenomena. Okay. Just correcting my grammar here because I'm Mr. Radio. <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously. Uh, oil is an important part of this. So as you heard, it's not just, oh, well, that they, they, oil went back up a little bit. You know, China printed more money. 
kind of got it under control. But uh, you heard Elarian say there's something much bigger thing. There's a much bigger thing going on here that we have not strengthened the weaknesses. We're going to talk about this. All right. Now, again, uh, this will all be in much more detail when you come to the workshop during the show. If you call right now, we're taking $10 off your ticket. It is now a $30 workshop. You can get tickets for $10. This is going to be 2016, the year of crisis and recovery since January has risk left the market. It's going to be at the River Ridge Golf Club in Oxnard. It's going to be on Saturday, the 25th of June from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. includes a lunch in the middle. The tickets are $30 until the 18th of June, and then they go up to $40. But on that $30 tickets, we'll take $10 off right now. If you call 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, leave all your contact with the operator and two times for me to call you back during the week. I'll get your credit card and we will run your ticket for $10 off. 888-882-5578. 888 Any extra tickets you want to get on top of that first $20 tickets will be $15. So bring some friends and let them get in cheaper. Bring some friends and have them pay the full price and you get in cheap. Okay. This is an authoritative workshop. And I mean authoritative, just like we're going through the numbers today and the sources on the show. That's how I research this and what I bring to the workshops. An authoritative workshop to examine the causes and the inevitable outcomes of global risk to baby boomers that are either retired right now or will be retiring anywhere in the next 10 years. What are the risks to our global investment market today? What are the triggers to those risks? How long can the central banks in a strong American economy keep things at bay here at home? How can investors and retirees best survive and thrive during the next 10 years while the global investment markets do reset? Special segment in there will be on the great gold bust ahead, why gold will not be a safe haven, why this next crash will be deflationary, making gold the wrong thing to hold, and why Harry Dent is calling for gold down to $700 an ounce by the end of 2017. We'll give you the evidence. Saturday, 25th of June at the River Ridge Golf Club, $30 ticket right now during the show is $20, 888 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. Okay, let's see how we're doing on time here. Uh, I'm going to try to get in the next clip. This is Carl Icahn, and he's just talking about, has all of this stuff actually caused a bubble? Now, Carl Icahn is like a billionaire investor. He moves markets. And why you hear him say candidly, on Neil Cavuto's show, what his concerns are about the markets today. And this took place last summer, right after Donald Trump had announced for president. Donald and I have been friends for years, but what I have said on my tweet and what I will repeat is that he's right on on one thing, that uh, that I believe uh, financial in financial markets, I believe that there really is a bubble brewing. Just as in 07, I was very cautious and believed that the housing uh, market would blow up. I uh, will tell you that uh, that time, too, everybody said that, and uh, nobody did anything about it. And interest rates now are at a low that in the history of the Federal Reserve, they've never been held down this long. And I don't think anyone will deny that it's uncharted territory. And it could be very, very uh, destructive to, uh, to our markets and our economy. Uh, because it's sort of like a drug, and uh, you, you become addicted to that drug. And when you take that drug, the longer you take it, the more difficult it is to get off of it. And you don't know what happens to the patient when you take 
them off uh, when you're doing something that's un- uncharted. I think uh, the Fed did a great job in OA, a great job and saved, I really think, saved the whole financial community. But many of the very same people that took advantage of 07 are taking advantage of the situation today. And then every time the Fed wants to raise rates, it talks about that, that uh, taper tantrum. Um, it's almost like a baby crying that they want their candy or they want the, whatever you're feeding them, and the Fed gives in to them. And I, I, I personally own a lot of stocks, and so I'm not saying this because I, I, I'm being hurt by uh, by this, but the, the, the real issue is what is good for our financial uh, markets. And I think Donald's right in speaking out, and very few other people are speaking out. Well, so, uh, uh, Carl, it's good to have you, Neil Cavuto, here. Uh, to follow on that on that issue, Donald Trump is saying that it's all propped up on helium, essentially, and, and that it's unrealistic. Paul Volcker, when he was here with us, more or less said the same thing, the former Fed chairman, saying that this can't go on forever. But it is unwinding that, that that's going to be tough, right? I mean, Volcker said yes, as any Fed chairman will tell you, he or she always looks at the market impact of their decisions. But that this has gone maybe too far, and that, that unwinding that or, or shaking the markets of this notion that the Fed is always going to have their back is is not going to go down easily. And I'm wondering, your views notwithstanding, when the Fed does hike, let's say it does happen later this year, the, how is that going to go down? And I'm, I'm, is it going to be a tantrum? And is is that something the Fed should even care about? Well, you, you've asked a lot of questions, Neil. <laughs> you've thrown a lot of stuff out here. But I, I like to look at things simplistically. And um, what I believe is that it's very risky what they're doing because nobody knows what's going to happen. That this market is being built, and this is something I feel in all modesty I know something about. This market is being built on earnings. Everybody loves to see earnings, how well you're doing, what are sales going on. And the earnings, if you really dig into them, are built on these very low interest rates because uh, you don't have to be a genius or even a great CEO to understand that if you could borrow money at 4% or 5%, and incidentally, the high yield market is the most dangerous. And, and they, you could go borrow money in some double B company, a triple B company, and borrow it at five and a quarter percent. So you don't have to be a genius to understand, well, you know, I'm going to take that money. I'll go buy another company. I'll go buy some stocks out there. And, and I'll, I'll synergize. I'll put them in. And even if it doesn't fit in with my company, and even if I don't like what I'm buying, I'm looking, I'm a CEO. And unfortunately, a lot of CEOs are looking at next year with their options to come due for two years. And they say, hey, I'm borrowing at 4%, and I'm making 12% because of my synergies. So my sales go up. I make more money. The market loves me because the market looks quarter to quarter, unfortunately. And as a result, you see a market that's going up artificially. Also, a lot of these guys are buying back stock. But a lot of these companies that are buying stock back, if you look at their balance sheets, they have no net worth. So you are building, I believe, a, a, a bubble, just like, uh, I guess, I think Volcker said it and Donald said it. And, you know, some people don't agree with Donald on a lot of things he says, some do. But the one thing you say about Donald that I think is great is he'll say what he believes, and he's not afraid to say it. And you should really talk about what is happening in our economy and I think is it, it could be extremely dangerous. He's and a little he like you. He that. says what he thinks, Carl. Um, well, I, so, yeah, I, I do. I, I think Donald does it more than I do. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so we have one thing which is about, you know, the stock market and all of that. Now, here's what's probably missing, missing part of the story that I want you to understand. We're going to go into much more detail at the workshop on the 25th of June. By the way, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We're here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on News Talk 1590 KVTA. We're talking about our upcoming workshop at the River Ridge Golf Club on uh, June 25th. That's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., but I've booked the room till 3 because usually people hang out and have a lot of questions, and I can't get everybody to get out of the room at 2 because we keep talking. It's a great crowd. If you've never been to one of these, you know, I talked about early in the show here today that most of the reservations were coming in from people that have already been to the workshop. I thought that was really interesting, and it was a change. Usually, um, you know, we get all kinds. The majority were people that have been, so they've already paid $20, $30 in the past, been to a workshop pretty similar content and they're coming back and they were the majority of the calls on this. So we lowered the ticket price from 25 to 20. If you call during the show, after the show, you can go to the financial learning lounge.com financial learning lounge.com and you can buy your ticket for $30 without the discount. You'll learn a lot more about the event. You can watch a video there. You can uh, download a brochure that's kind of a, on a prior workshop, but it's a good informative brochure about what we're doing. And so you can learn a lot more at the site, financiallearninglounge.com, but the ticket there will be $30. If you call right now during the show, we're taking $10 off the ticket, makes it a $20 ticket, and every extra person that you wish to name that will be coming with you will give you a $15 ticket for them. 888-882-5578 is the number to get that discount, 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. All right, so what I want to talk about right now is the other part of this. So stock markets come and go, things you know, happen. We've been living a lifetime of volatility in the stock market. Big deal. What makes these things go into tailspins, as you saw in 2008, and as occurred in the 1930s depression, where the whole story turn turns is where the banks are when they get involved in the bubble. Once the banking system where the rest of the money is. Yes, there's money in the market, but where's the rest of the money that's not in the market? It's in the banks. If you destroy the banking system or you jeopardize it, you've and the stock market will follow. Now you've jeopardized all the money, all the wealth of all the citizens. And that's a different story. One of the things we're going to look at is this element, but I want to dip into it a little bit. Now, recently, uh, we interviewed John Truman Wolf. John Truman Wolf is a former banker who exposed some early things that he found out about the World Bank and IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and he looked at some of the agreements that countries were signing for these loans and how these countries were being caved in on their economies and forced to borrow this money and how much they had to consign their sovereignty over to the International Monetary Fund to borrow money to keep from blood running in their streets. Uh, it's, it's an interesting story he tells, but I'm going to take a little part here where he, we just talked about the banking system today and what the liability is in it. And I want you to hear about this, uh, I think it's about a f- six minute clip. So bear with me when we come back, I'll tell you more about the workshop, a little six minute in, uh, interview with John Truman Wolf. We're going to follow it with Elizabeth Warren talking about the banks as well, but this is where the whole thing goes systemic. So let's, um, let's get Let's take a listen to this, and we'll move forward. Let's look at it from this perspective. Uh, There are today 1.2 quadrillion, quadrillion, 
dollars worth of derivatives on the planet. That is um, 15 zeros. Wow. This is a mind-numbing figure. It's, it's, and, it's, and again, it's tell almost, us what a derivative is. Almost un- unbelievable. Yeah. You know, if you were making $1,000 a second, you had a, your, your ideal job, you're making $1,000 a second. It would take you, I think, 30 years to earn a trillion dollars. A quadrillion is a thousand trillion. Yeah. This is, a, this is, a, this is big. So what, what are derivatives? Derivatives are financial instruments, like their securities, that derive, which is where the name comes from, derive their value from some, something under, underneath, some asset, some other asset. So the infamous mortgage-backed securities of the crash of 2007, 2008 were derivatives because they were packaged mortgages. They weren't the mortgages themselves. They're the packages of the mortgages, mm-hmm. and that's a derivative. Okay. So there is some use for some derivatives, which I'm not going to get into that. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the kind of ensuring that your cotton crop is going to get paid for and that kind of thing has some value. However, about 60 to 70, in some cases, some reports say 80%, so we'll say 70% of the derivatives are what are called interest rate swaps. Now, again, before folks doze off, interest rate swaps are nothing other than bets between banks on the direction of interest rates. They're bets. This is a Vegas casino-like situation. Uh, Bank of America thinks the rate on Greek bonds is going down. Deutsche Bank thinks they're going up. They bet. Mm-hmm. And that's a interest rate swap, and it is a security. And then people bet on that bet, and then people bet on their bets. And there is this ginormous pyramid of nothing other than smoke and mirrors, casino-like gambling of betting on which way interest rates are going to go to the tune of $1.2 quadrillion. Uh, and I repeat, uh, somewhere between 60 and 80, I'm, because the reports are different, but I say 70 just as middle ground, a percent of those are these interest rate swaps. And the banks of the planet are full of this garbage. This is fiscal anthrax. This is nothing other than bets and the interest rates go one way, uh, some of the banks are going to get slaughtered. If the you know, interest rates rise and the banks have bet on lower interest rates, then they're... So, so the risk to us is depending maybe on where we are, just depending on actually how much the world depends on that bank. If that bank bet wrong and things take a move in a certain direction, we can start having to deal with too big to fail all over again. Well, so we now get into the next step, yeah. because there is no longer too big to fail, because the feds don't like that term, because it has negative connotations. And so the Bank for International Settlements set up a scheme, seeing that these banks, these major banks, were pregnant with these derivatives, and knowing that sooner or later there's going to be a calamity. And I say in the book, and I say here on the air, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when mm-hmm. this bubble breaks. Uh, they they devised this scheme called bail-ins. Now, what's a bail-in? Which gets to Cyprus, which was the test model for bail-ins. Um, but a bail-in is basically this. A troubled bank, a bank that's failing, can confiscate, listen to me, folks, can confiscate the depositor's money and convert that money to bank stock. That would repeat, be really winning stock to hold, right? <laughs> the bank is failing, right? So, yeah. so now here's some stock. So, We're failing. We had to transpose your money, but uh, you've got some stock. The, the, the money set aside for for you know Joe or Gia, Joanna's college education yeah. is now stock in a in a in a, a failing bank. Mm-hmm. Now this bail in policy, uh, it was tested in Cyprus. 
and they and they they enforced it on the banks in Cyprus that failed. Um, and then uh, Mario Draghi, uh, a name that will live in infamy, who is the chairman of the European Central Bank, like the Fed for Europe, mandated that bail-in policy uh, be implemented in European banks on January first, two thousand sixteen. Um, and the first European bank was bailed in about three days ago. It was an Austrian bank. On March 22nd, the Canadian finance uh, minister uh, mandated uh, bail-ins for Canada. The FDIC and the Bank of England have issued a memo on how bail-ins will work in the United States and in England. So bail-ins are uh, a very real procedure, and they're designed to protect the, the banks that are full of these derivatives so that when the derivatives bubble breaks, the bank saves itself by taking your money. Now, the next question is, people ask me when I talk about this, uh, will FDIC insurance protect me? Uh, here's the answer to that question. Uh, probably. However, I say probably. However, the memo that the uh, FDIC and Bank of England issued doesn't mention deposit insurance whatsoever. Not a, not a word of it. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, the FDIC's insurance fund is about $67 billion, That's with a B. There are about $10 trillion, with a T, dollars worth of deposits in the United States. Right. So that's the long-winded answer to your question um, of, you know, what are they currently doing? And um, you, you see uh, these bail-ins start, uh, tested in Cyprus. Uh, mandated in Europe at the beginning of the year and now being implemented. There was an uh, Austrian bank, and I forget its name, that was bailed in uh, a few days ago. And uh, again, to repeat, uh, Canada implemented the policy uh, last month, and uh, it's coming to a bank near you. Coming to a bank near you. Okay, this is Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We're here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We are talking about the upcoming event called 2016 the year of crisis or recovery, and has risk left the market since January? Because it was pretty crazy, but it seems like it's all okay now and everything's fine and probably won't ever come back, will it? This is an authoritative workshop to examine the causes, inevitable outcomes of the global risk to baby boomers retiring in the next 10 years. We're given tickets at a $10 discount is a $30 uh, event at the River Ridge Golf Club in Oxnard on June 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., maybe 3 p.m. if need be. Uh, the tickets are $30 until 18 June. On 18 June, they're going up to 40 Right now, we're giving you a $20 ticket. So it's discounted $10 from the current price and all your extra Extra tickets will be $15, but you got to call during the show, 888 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. We're going to cover, we'll have John Truman Wolf's book there if you want to buy it. We'll have um, a lot of stuff on the banking system because this is an important part of the story. It's not just about, oh, the stock market's up and down. That's what your brokers are going to tell you. You're going to say, look, markets always go up and down, but not when banks are are, are into it. Now, that was some radical guy, some buddy Bruce knows he brought on the show. That's a big doomsdayer. All right, well, let's go to U.S. Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren, who I really have a beef with right now on a couple other points, but I won't get into it. One day I'll get a show on that and I will get mad at her. But I have to respect her for the show she did with 
uh, Charlie Rhodes, and they talked about the banking system, and I want you to hear that discussion. You tell me whether I'm picking a story out of left field from some radical doomsday or whether there might be substance to this story. I, do, I totally agree. I mean, and not only that. I mean, I know people who ran small businesses. I, I talk about this in the book, and I talk about small business lending because you know what really gets me about that story? That was happening when the United States taxpayers were shoveling money into these huge financial institutions to stabilize them. And here was the big mistake, doing it on a no-strings-attached basis. So the money came in from the taxpayers and the big financial institutions, we were told, would turn around and lend it to the small businesses, would turn around and help people like the homeowners who were in trouble. Instead, they held on to it. You know what some of them did with the money? They bought other banks. They expanded their reach rather than using that money to help heal the American economy. Today, those big financial institutions that we were told in 2008 were too big to fail, today, they're 38% bigger than they were back then. Clearly, that's what happened because of uh, all the things that we talked about during those years, and especially in 2008, uh, what had happened and derivatives and all the other kinds of things happened. As I make clear, when there was only so much time and so much money to go around, they saved the largest financial institutions. They did not. They did not focus on American families and small businesses. So um, we're now talking about not the banks who made the loans. We're now mm-hmm. talking about what happened when we had a financial disaster yep. that affected everything. Yep. What should they have done? They should have put that money into the banks with strings, strings attached. Let me put it this way. Whenever a big corporation gets into financial trouble outside this this crisis, when a big financial corporation gets into trouble and new money comes along to be put in, whether the company ends up going through Chapter 11 or not, the new money always says there have to be changes here. What kind of changes? You wipe out the old shareholders. You make the old debt take a haircut. You change the management, and you make sure they've got a new and different business plan. Why? Because it disciplines that company to run a different kind of organization, and it's a signal to everybody else. It says, listen, see." If you run your business so that you're going to need outside money, then it's going to be your job that's going to be on the chopping block. That didn't happen in the bailout in 2008. Basically, Henry Paulson, followed by Tim Geithner, said, take our money. Please, we now have in Washington concentrated money, concentrated power, making its voice heard day after day after day on issue after issue after issue. And you're exactly right. It's not just in banking. That's where I experienced it up close and personal and talk about it. But it happens across a range of industries. And ordinary families, regular families, hardworking people across this country are playing on a playing field that is increasingly tilted against them. Tell me. Hey, we're going to talk about that in a minute with uh, Harry Dent as we wrap up the show. So listen, um, we're getting run out of time. If I haven't convinced you by now that we are going to have an expansive, you heard the testimonials at the beginning of the show. This is not a sales pitch. 
there's not a close at the end of this event. It's an educational event. Of course, we get clientele from doing good events. We get the right kind of clientele. The people that should be coming to this event are people that are sitting at risk with large retirement assets accumulated that are going to shift. It's going to change. And it's, you know, uh, people that need a job need a job. But people that have a half a million dollars to retire on, they're going to see it drop to 250. Your life is going to change and you're never going to get out of the job that you would hope to retire from because you weren't looking and you took your eye off the ball. That's what we're going to help you get some clarity and understanding with at this event. It is on June 25th at the River Ridge Golf Club. I've been talking enough about it. I'll talk more at the end of the show because run out of time. The number for that discount tickets instead of $30 right now, if you go to the financiallearninglounge.com, financiallearninglounge.com, you can get tickets for $30. If you call in during the show right now, we'll give you a $20 ticket plus uh, $15 for each additional ticket. You're going to leave your contact information with the operator two times for me to call you back. I'll call you back during the week, get your credit card, we'll get your ticket lined up. Numbers 888 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. Okay, the last clip I have time for here is with Harry S. Dent, uh, world na- internationally known economist, best-selling uh, New York Times best-selling author, friend of mine, and I discuss with Harry how bad is this all going to get based on a recent issue that he published in the Leading Edge newspaper, which is one of Dent Research publications. A couple other questions, Harry. Um, I want to talk about the recent Leading Edge. Pretty alarming article. Why there will be blood in the streets. And this was really about the decimation of the middle class and the income or the wealth disparity. So I want to, I've got two questions for you. One, briefly, what, what is the story there? And second, what does it foretell? Well, I mean, this always happens, as we call, as we go from the summer to the fall season. Footnote here really quick. He's talking about the summer fall season of the economy, which is several years, not an annual natural fall or or, uh, summer or fall season. This is you'll learn about the the seasons of the economy when you come to the event on June 25th. Innovation is required. The summer season, things start innovation and productivity starts to slow down and you need new innovations. So you see things like personal computers emerge or the assembly line and cars back in the last cycle and, and internet and things like that. And, and so when that happens, the entrepreneurial risk takers, the, the 1%, and it's really the 0.1% I found when I really look at the data back in history, these people get outsized rewards because they take risk and Homer Simpson doesn't. Mm-hmm. So the everyday person naturally falls back in their income and wealth. But, but also Wall Street, the people who finance all these IPOs and all this innovation and stuff, they make outsized gains. So, so these are the people, they have done so well that the top 0.1 to 10%, and it really is concentrated in the 0.1%, one out of a 1,000 families have run away with most of the gains, most of the increase in the wealth, the average family, and, the, and, and, and even broader, the bottom 90%, uh, basically is no better off than they were slightly better off than they were 30 years ago and worse off than they were in 2016 years ago. So they have been decimated. Real wages have gone down and the rich just keep getting richer. And so there's two ways to deal with this. There's the Trump way saying, hey, you middle class, blue class, redneck people, whatever. You you know what did this? It's these damn immigrants and these damn Chinese workers working for less. So I'm going to fix that. I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to tell China where to stick it. Okay, we're going to put tariffs and protect you and get you back. Or there's the Bernie Sanders side that's saying, on the liberal side, saying to the same kind of level of people, hey, 
This is Wall Street. We're going to tax these people, and we're going to start giving benefits to you. So that's why these two candidates have come out of nowhere and done so well in the establishment types, like Jeb Bush didn't even get off the runway. But what it tells me, you've got you know, this middle part that used to be 60% of our economy that was well off and could afford a home and saw rising wages in the 40s, 50s, and 60s and stuff. You know, from the 70s, especially the 80s on, these people have gone nowhere. So they're not happy. And when the economy goes down, you're going to see the same two factions. You're going to see, like, the you know, the, 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 the right, uh, i.e. Trump's going to criticize, you know, all the, you know, the immigration and, and the Asian and, and emerging country workers and, and, and exports and their country, their government supporting it. And, and the left is going to say, we got to tax the rich and, and, and smack down Wall Street. So I, I see, like, Frankly, the reason I'm I'm going to sit in Puerto Rico for two years and see what happens, and, I, and they're going to have problems with their bankruptcy. Sure, and, and they've got high unemployment, but not where I'm I am down there, where the Americans are moving in. But I'm going to sit and watch because I think you're going to have what I would call a subtle civil war. Hmm. Basically, the everyday person's going to hate the rich just like they did in the Great Depression, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt came in office and did nothing but criticize the rich and, and Wall Street back then. And but, it's know. it's that it's that middle person that's barely hanging on by their bleeding yeah. fingernails. Yeah, I just saw an article today where, you know, uh, two-thirds of households in this country could not deal with a $400 car breakdown or a medical emergency wow. for $1,000 or something like that without having to borrow or sell something. They have to hit their credit card. They have no savings, nothing to fall back on because they've just barely been surviving, especially in the last decade and a half. So so these people are pissed. Now, I go to Europe. I go to Australia. Hey, they've had the rich get richer and stuff, but not to the same degree. I, I just showed in this report that the the middle class share of wealth in the United States has fallen to 19.6%. Most other developed countries in Europe are like 40% plus, or, or in or in Asia, 40-50%, and even those have fallen. They, the middle class used to have 60%. So this has been a, 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 a substantial setback in income, but a much bigger setback in wealth. I mean, there's no way the everyday person can really save for retirement because they're barely making it. And when they do, they don't have enough savings to invest to make a difference. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is a real problem. Now, this happened in the Roaring Twenties in the Great Depression. But I'm telling you, I didn't studying history. Yes. Uh, there was this income inequality, and yes, the everyday person kind of was resentful of, of rich people in the Great Depression. But I'm telling you, I think it's going to be way worse this time. So I'm, I'm thinking, there, you know, there's going to be some level of just civil unrest and protests in the streets and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Puerto Rico's bankrupt, but I think living in the right places there, I think I'm going to be better off there. Sure. I'm going to take two years to find out. But I actually think Trump America is going to be worse for several years. So it's not just going to be the economic downturn. I tell people where you live is important. If you can live in the exurbs of a major city instead of downtown, you're going to be better off. Yeah. If you can live in the middle of this country instead of on the crowded, bubbly coast, uh, you're going to be way better off. And, and I'm like saying Puerto Rico looks better to me than Florida. And you know, Yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, sorry about not giving up the crowded, bubbly coast, but... Um if there's riots in Port Wynemi, I guess I'm going to get my kayak and go sit a couple hundred yards off the uh, off the uh, beach and, and watch it happen and eat some sandwiches or something because I'm not going anywhere. But you need to find out how to be prepared for uh, what's to come. And you need to hear. So here's what we're doing. This is all about 20, June 25th. 
at the River Ridge Golf Club. It's a Saturday. Do you see why I can't do this in an hour? Do you see why we can't tell a whole story? We would in an hour that has already gone by on the show. We'll just be getting going on the different economic concepts of what does the government think they should be doing to drive an economy. They don't think demographics drives the economy. They think stimulus and money printing does. That's directly from Keynesian economics. You don't hear them talking about economies must contract. Their thing is economies don't ever have to contract because we run on Keynesian economics and you're going to hear about Austrian economics to say, let the thing collapse, we're crying out loud. That's how you get out the other side. That's just the first hour we're getting into, let alone where where these bubbles have built up, where the risk is, this is June 25th, River Ridge Golf Club, four-hour, maybe five-hour event. I've got the room for five hours. Going to feed you lunch. The tickets are $30 until the 18th of June. They go to $40. You can have yours now for $20 plus $15 for any extra tickets. The number to call for that is 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. Before we go off the air, you need to call to ensure you get that discount. This is going to be an authoritative workshop to examine the causes and inevitable outcomes of global risk to baby boomers that are retiring either now or in the next 10 years. Where are the risks to our global investment markets today? How long can central banks and strong American economy keep these things at bay? We're going to have a part two, which is going to be a special segment on the great gold bust ahead and why gold will not be a safe haven. And we'll prove it to you. Find and come and meet the best people in Ventura when you come to our event. $10 off your ticket, 888 See you next week. Order now. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion of financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialist and insurance services, California license 0E48147.